0: You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber back with Jonathan Twomley for episode number three. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. How are you, Michael? I'm doing well. This is a topic that I think people need to pay attention to because I see this a lot. I've been I've been in the real estate industry for 20 years. I've been talking our success story for the last 15. And one of the reasons I still do it, Jonathan, is I want to see what the people in the crowd are doing. And more often than not, the crowd goes one direction, right? And when the herd goes one way, I will go the other way. Uh, so one of the things I know you put out here recently is guys, if you want to get outsized returns, stop copying everybody else. Think outside the box. So why don't we talk about that some?
1: Yeah, not even outsized returns in this market, even just decent returns, right? Because <laughs> yeah. there's everybody has, you know, Markets in general. I'm a student of markets. I love markets. I love market psychology. Like I talk about that in my program a lot. I've done some free stuff on market psychology, and you know, one of the the biggest things about markets is the bandwagon effect, where you know everybody, you you know, person person A does something and makes money. Person B sees it, goes and does the same thing, and before you know it, you know every person down to person z is now doing the same thing and the effect of it is that you can take frankly you can take a uh, a, a very low risk asset right a very low risk investment mm-hmm. uh, which is what attracted the first person to it and make it a risky investment by everybody piling in and bidding up the price past that that risk you know where now the risk reward is is out of whack yeah and and this happens yeah. in real estate all the time and it happens So, for example, uh, you know, you look at certain states that have very good demographics, right? And that normally makes for a very good investment environment, right? It's, Mm -hmm. you know, problem is when everybody notices it and everybody piles in, then they eventually the prices get bid up to the point where it's no longer a good investment, right? So, and that's, that's what you see happening now. Right. And in order to so everyone is we had some discussion in my Facebook group yesterday about this, um, where people are, you know, co- are complaining because they can't find assets to buy. That makes sense. And uh, and it's because everybody's jumping into the same thing. And then, of course, there's always the people who jump in and say, yeah, but, you know, they're getting 15 percent, you know, rent growth. so you can't it's not possible to overpay which is completely ridiculous right Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. uh but that's but people really believe this they say well rent growth is so strong that it's worth overpaying because you're going to make it up that depends on the rent growth continuing right it depends on a lot of other things it depends on still even getting that even even if that's correct you Mm -hmm. still have to get number right that you pay for it you can still overpay yeah the rent growth, right so um There's a lot that goes into this. So, if you can, if you just follow what everybody else is doing, you will get the same result as everybody else, right? Which is right now, very low cap rates Mm -hmm. and low returns. Maybe you'll get lucky if you have a lot of rent growth on the back end, but who knows going in. Yeah. However, there are lots of opportunities to go and invest somewhere else where there are good demographics, good opportunity but those markets are not getting the same kind of attention because usually it's really one factor, maybe a couple factors. The biggest factor is they're small, right? Right. When you, you know, the standard sort of guru real estate investment advice, which I've given myself, it's not bad advice. It's just, it's not good advice now because everybody's following the same advice. And that advice is, uh, you know, only invest in markets that have at least 250,000 in population Mm -hmm. or 100,000 in population or what have you. And the idea being, well, when you want to exit, you want to have a, you know, you want, if if things go wrong, you want to be able to get out and you can't get out if there's not enough buyers. Now that logic, I think doesn't apply so much anymore because real estate has become truly national and people are investing away from home. They're investing in all kinds of markets lots of outside investors, that liquidity argument doesn't really hold up as much as it used to. Right. But there's still people thinking like, well, I can't go to these markets because they're too small or whatever. But the great thing about these smaller markets is that all those institutional buyers, they cannot go into these markets because they're literally, they like their mandate forbids it. They have very strict boxes that they have to check. Yep. And most of your bigger investors are going to follow those same check boxes right and so that leaves opportunity for smaller investors like us to go into these markets so i put it i put together now you're like me you love data there is the census data just came out and i mean this is like the happiest time for me every day (laughs) i just i look forward to this like it is just so much fun digging through the data and one of the things that i one of the new things about the census is that the census department has started defining, we all know about my, about metropolitan areas, yep. but the census department realized that there are also areas that don't fall, they're not within another metropolitan area and they're too small to fit the definition of metropolitan area. Mm-hmm. So they came up with a new term called mm-hmm. micropolitan areas. And these okay. are basically like small cities that are kind of like yeah. their own independent uh, economic unit. So just think of it as like a mini MSA, right? Mm. They're called metropolitan areas and there are micropolitan areas in every state and there are growing ones all over the place. And these micropolitan areas by definition are too small for institutional investors to invest in for the most part, right? Interesting. So I came up with a list of the 17 fastest growing micropolitan areas in the United States. And I defined them at, you know, how did I come up with the number 17? There are 17 of them that, were, that grew faster than the, the country as a whole okay. over, over the last decade. Right. Wow. So the country, I don't know if people realize this, growth in the United States is slowing down as the population ages. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, also, immigration has been off for various reasons. That's harming population growth. So growth is slowing, it, it was about seven and a half percent over the previous decade, which is the slowest since the great depression. And, but there were 17 of these markets, these micropolitan areas that were growing um, faster than the population as a whole. And the range, oh, actually I, I did one better. 17 markets that are, whose population growth was at least double the population growth of the United States. Wow. So these are very fast growing markets. So they were growing at least 15% a year. Right. And um, so I want to, I don't know. You want to go through the list or you yeah, want why don't to you read of off the some... list?
0: Why don't you read off well, the list or cherry let me, pick? Let me, what you let
1: me make you, I'm going to make you guess because I don't think you've either you saw the email, maybe you don't remember. What I it do is. not
0: remember it. Uh, can you give me one example so I can right size my cities in my head?
1: So, so I didn't, unfortunately, I don't have the population of these cities. It's okay, um, but uh, but I have the growth rates here. So, just guess by state. Where was the fastest growing micropolitan area? Which state is it in in the entire country?
0: I'm gonna go California.
1: Okay, and what was
0: the growth rate? You think? Uh, twenty seven percent. Okay, you were
1: dead wrong on both.
0: Yes, awesome. So actually, <laughs> Actually, none of
1: the fastest growing micropolitan areas uh, are in California, and probably the reason for that is because California is so densely populated. I don't really think you have a whole lot of yeah. micropolitan areas
0: like.
1: I, I, ass- I assumed there are, was
0: a really small one growing somewhere just outside of LA. That was my crazy assumption.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so the fastest, the actually the two fastest growing micropolitan areas are both in North Dakota, and really. One is in yeah. One is called Williston and the other is called Dickinson and Williston, North, North Dakota grew at a whopping 83%.
0: That's over... interesting. So I, I just yeah. wanted to play with that a little bit. So I know nothing about North Dakota, let alone Williston. I'm going to wildly guess that they are a natural gas or oil town. That's my guess. No idea. Yeah, I, don't, I don't
1: know to be honest what that was for, but, um, but that's where the growth was. So North Dakota had. Walking, so I would have
0: guessed fifty times on states, and North Dakota might have been the last.
1: <laughs> so North Dakota. I mean, obviously, if you're growing off a small base, you know yeah. that allows you to grow much faster on a percentage basis. But of course. Uh, so I'm going to go down the list here, and then I'm going to ask you to guess something else. Okay. Which is, which I think are the two, knowing nothing other than a couple of data points, which I think are the two most attractive. But okay, so here's the list. So Williston, North Dakota, 80, 83%. Wow. Dickinson, North Dakota, 43%. Then you get Bozeman, Montana, 33%. Interesting. Rexburg, Idaho, 31%. Heber, Utah, 29%. Okay. Andrews, Harvard. Texas. So we get our first Texas entry all the way down to number six, 26. Jefferson, Georgia. That sounds interesting. Yeah. Uh, 26%. Cool. Here's a surprise. Vineyard Haven, Massachusetts. This is on Martha's Vineyard. Interesting. 25%, 25% growth.
0: Huh.
1: Uh, Cedar City, Utah, 24%. Granbury, Texas, 20%. Crimeville, hmm. mm-hmm. Oregon, 18%. Hmm. Oxford, Mississippi, 18%. Harump, Nevada, 17%. Carlsbad, Artesia, New Mexico, sixteen percent; Statesboro, Georgia, sixteen percent; Standpoint, Idaho, fifteen percent; and rounding it out, Hobbs, New Mexico, at fifteen percent.
0: Interesting. I know none of those cities. (laughs)
1: Yeah. There you go. Right now, these are places where, given now, you know, they you know they always say you know past results don't guarantee future results, But, but these are. These are trends, right? Oh, of course. You still want to make sure that, like, say for instance, it's not like an oil boom town because right. those things can go really fast. Right. But other than that, there's some reason why people are moving here. And that reason probably still exists right now.
0: Exactly. Okay? So probably. Yes. So
1: these are these are, and maybe the growth rates are not going to be this spectacular, but they're probably pretty solid. Yeah. And whenever you've got all growth, that's a good place to own rental property, right? Yeah. So uh, so now on this list, now you probably don't remember, but there's
0: I'm a go couple with, here that- Yeah, I'm going to go with Georgia or Idaho would be the two areas I might scratch a little bit more.
1: So what I was going to say, though, I've got two on this list that I think are interesting. I mean, they're they're frankly too far away for me to invest in personally, but I'll but they're interesting and I'll tell you why. Perfect. One is Bozeman, Montana, and the other is Oxford, Mississippi. So Interesting. What, what do you th- okay. What do you think the reason- I mean, I think Oxford is... Because Mississippi is a state where the population
0: is declining, right? Yeah. That's... Mm-hmm. and is not... And has low... Uh, it's yeah. one of the lowest states for average income. Um, yeah. 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 I don't know. Why don't Bozeman know Oxford? And, and Oxford? I don't know. I can't... What? I don't know Oxford, Mississippi. Don't know. Bozeman, Montana is interesting. I've actually been there a couple of... Or at least one time. It is a... Um, I believe it's the capital of Montana, I think. And also,
1: I think it is too, but also what I was thinking of is mm-hmm. University of Montana.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking it's, it's, it's not a boomtown, right? It's, it's like, I think it for, at least for Bozeman, it's like, okay, now's the time, right? We have an aging population. We, have, we saw what happened to Boise, Idaho with people leaving California in the West Coast. Um, I, I've actually seen in, just in the last month articles about Bozeman. So uh, I get that one.
1: I would want to dig deeper into Bozeman and, and Oxford, Mississippi, because University of Montana and Ole Miss, right? Ole Miss, both, the
0: college towns.
1: Both college. They're both big college towns, right? Okay. With I got you. University, right? So, and those markets are very resilient. Yeah,
0: yeah. Those
1: are anchored. They're not affected by the economy. Those colleges don't go out of business Yeah. And business is bad.
0: And yeah, that's
1: interesting. They they attract like wealthy retirees who want to have
0: like a vibrant you
1: know, yeah, yeah a vibrant town that has good restaurants and, and good entertainment and things yeah. like that. So, yeah, I like it. So those that, and that's probably why they're growing. Right. So, uh, so I look into those. Now I did have one other thing and we're almost out of time, but I wanted to, uh, to uh, turn the, the clock the other way, okay. or turn the attention the other way. Because there are also, and this is where you got to kind of, oh, this was my long list, right? I'm not going to go into this whole list. Um, maybe I can give this to you and you can sure. post it. But I will. There, yeah. are, there are, you know, when you are looking at uh, markets for growth, you got to really dig into the data because there are some very high growth states mm-hmm. that have some markets that are just sucking wind and people are leaving. It's oh. where, uh, there you are. Okay, yep. so I, I have a long list. Uh, if you're on my email list, you got it of markets in uh, you know, MSAs and micropolitan areas where people are fleeing, even though the state has really strong growth. Okay, there, so okay. basically, every st- now, this list is very long, but just I'll just tell you sort of like what uh, some highlights, right? Okay, if we just look through here. Texas, which grew 16%, right, has about 25 markets with negative population growth. Um, Wow. All the way to Plainview, Texas, which lost 10% of its population, right? So Florida, Florida has four markets that lost population, right? South Carolina, five markets that lost population. Georgia, one, two, three, four, nine or 10 markets that lost population. North Carolina, about 15 markets that lost population, right? So hmm. you just go through the list. You really got to dig into the data. Don't assume that just because it's you know a high growth state that you're in a high growth market. So that would be point. the flip side. Look for those small markets that are off the radar, that are growing and they're all over the country. There are some even in in like the Northeast, right, where yeah. the people was put on. Uh, but by the same token, uh, watch
0: out for those those uh, yeah. shrinking markets in, in high growth states. Very cool, Jonathan. Well, do me a favor, send me that link. I will get it posted uh, here on the YouTube channel, probably even throw it in my free course, just so people know that there's a place they can go get it. And lastly, how can they follow you? Cause I know we both got to go. We got to go, uh, but come join my free Facebook
1: group, multifamily investment community, where we talk about multifamily all the time You get posts like this. Uh, and um, just just, search for it on Facebook. Please join on a computer because there are a couple of questions that you need to answer that Facebook in its infinite wisdom only shows people on computers, uh, but you can always play on your phone after that. So uh, first time around, please come on the computer and join. It's a great group. We've got about 11,
0: almost 1,000 people. And it's uh, it's yeah. Very cool, Jonathan. Thanks for your time this week. Enjoy. We will talk next week. Take care. Absolutely. Bye. See you soon. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye.